Well, hello. It's great to see you, or to be heard by you, I should say. This is another episode of Parks and Conversation, and this is a podcast where we just take a, a little bit of time to talk about one of our uh, favorite 100-something episodes of Parks and Recreation. And uh, my name is Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, it is going so well. Uh, as we are recording this, it is the weekend after Thanksgiving, and this is probably my favorite holiday stretch because it feels like three Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like the, sometimes you go like if you have like a week off of something, it doesn't really feel like a collection of Saturdays. It just feels like a week off. But because you're working and then stopping like in the middle of the week, it's just like here's some Saturdays. It's so good. Yeah, I think I think a big part of that is that football is on like every single day during that time. Right. Yeah. So and I have watched none of it. Yeah, I, Wait, no, I, I did watch a little bit of one of the games. And then I was like, I don't care about either of these teams. And I would <laughs> rather work on my Animal Crossing village. So I did that. Yeah, let's go eat some more food. There was plenty of food to be had, which is it's suitable that we ended up with uh, this episode the week after Thanksgiving, because uh, as we're walking through season two, episode 22, uh, the telethon, uh, the telethon is ultimately a effort to raise money for diabetes research in Pawnee. And uh, as Leslie will tell us, uh, Pawnee is fourth in obesity in the United States. And so uh, we, you know, after a, a weekend of just eating all the pie, uh, we have this opportunity to discuss the diabetes telethon. And uh, yeah, so the challenge is Leslie has volunteered or I should say voluntold her department that they're going to be a part of this telethon from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So uh, that's the tension around the whole situation. Tom is trying to be a super cool dude with a super cool dude and uh, doesn't work very well for him. Um, yeah, so it's a good episode. There are there are many, many jokes and as I was taking notes, I had to use paper today for my notes because I was also trying to eat breakfast while watching this. Um, and so it was uh, there was a lot of jokes that I had to pause several times to write down the joke. So, yeah, it's good. I think the, the big the big question right now is what did you have for breakfast? Bacon and eggs. Mm. So Excellent. pretty, pretty uh, basic situation. Most days I have a little bit of bacon, a little bit of eggs. I did a 5.25 mile run this morning because oh, wow. I'm trying to get back uh, to my pre-Thanksgiving weight, uh, failing terribly because Thanksgiving, like I said, is a collection of Saturdays and uh, there's so much food here. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's talk about this. It opens up with the cold open, um, which is completely non-connected to the rest of the episode. So that's nice. Last week. There were no jokes, and it was a very important part of the whole plot of the episode in the cold open. This one, no connection whatsoever. Andy's neighbor had some puppies. The Andy's neighbor's dog had some puppies, <laughs> I should say. And uh, and Andy has uh, brought a puppy into the office, and everybody's like just so enamored with the puppy because puppies are awesome. And the only person who's not enamored with the puppy is Ron. 
who tells the people like, you can't have the animal in here. This building has a no animal policy. And so Tom is like, oh, but it's just a puppy. And he brings it up to Ron's face and the puppy starts licking it and licking Ron's face. Uh, And he doesn't seem to like that very much. So um, I do like the uh, way Andy is talking about the puppies. Uh, He's like, I wish he had shoes. I'd shine his little puppy shoes for free. (laughs) And uh, and Ron says, you got to take him outside. And Andy's response is, and shoot him. (laughs) 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 Which like. He's just extreme right away and shoot him. And they're like, no, Ron. And Ron's like, no, you just got to take him outside. He can't be in the building. And then the licking of the face happens. And then Ron says, okay, now go shoot him. Which I don't understand how, you know, Ron, who is a fan of all things Jack London, uh, he doesn't like puppies, which is, you know, where dogs come from. Yeah, it's true. So, I, 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 didn't understand even, animosity. I didn't even understand this entire cold open at all. Like, not that, that it has to, to connect with the story, but it's just this random puppy. I don't know. It's, it's like I try to try to understand what the writers were thinking just a little bit, and it's why why puppies? And I don't. I didn't. I came up with nothing. Maybe maybe people like puppies. I don't know. I love puppies. I think one of the things that happens in an office is people will do things like this. Well, they'll be like, hey, you want Girl Scout cookies? Hey, you want puppies? Same thing. Um, and uh, same level of commitment. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh, this I don't is... know. The outcome's a little <laughs> different, though. Well, <laughs> um, maybe. Um, the, uh, so I think it was, they're just trying to have like a normal office situation where people would like bring in their puppy. Like, hey, we're trying to sell puppies. Like that kind of thing. But it really is completely disjointed from the rest of the episode. And it makes Ron look like a big meanie head. Yeah. Which I don't like. It was licking his face. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, because it's a puppy. That's gross. Ah, puppies are great. They lick their butt. Their nether regions. Yeah. I don't want that on my face. All right. Well. Uh, like here let me wipe my own let me let me wipe my toilet paper tongue on you like what i don't know it's weird (laughs) i get it i get it but they're so cute Eh. yeah that's just all there is i don't know i can't (laughs) i can't i mean this is the cold open like i feel like we're having a real rift in our friendship right now i I think we should just move on all right fine (laughs) keep going let's go to the the credit the the episode proper opens up with Leslie running into the office yelling fire fire in my belly <laughs> and everybody's alarmed because she is uh she has a fire in her belly because there is a annual Pawnee Cares telethon for diabetes research happening this very night um and Leslie vol- like I said Volan told everybody that they were up for a 4 hour block in the middle of the night um, and she's most excited because she spent all nights up working on the slogan uh, and the T-shirts. And I totally want these T-shirts um, because it says diabetes. Let's diabetes this. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's so good. great. That's good. Um, and so she's telling everybody that they're all involved. They're all going to be a part of this and nobody really wants to. I love Ron's response. Tell me how that went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is very Ron. Um, and uh, so people, they go along with Leslie's crazy schemes because they love Leslie. 
And I think that's the only reason that anybody is really doing this. Um, well, well I, I also think too, because like Ron says later, I owe Leslie like a billion favors or something. I think right. everybody knows how much work Leslie does in general. And so when she calls in a favor, they're like, no, we kind of have to, she does all of our other work 364 days of the year. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they're all in, they're all fine with it. And then it cuts to, uh, Mark and Leslie, uh, sitting in the lob in the courtyard and they're eating lunch together. And Leslie's opening remarks are salad sucks. There I said it. <laughs> and and uh, it's like it's one of my what? favorite things about Leslie is she hates vegetables. She's like so yes. practical about so many things and she's a hoarder and hates vegetables. Like her character flaws are hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, salad sucks. There I said it. And then Mark's <laughs> like, hey, I want to talk to you about something serious. And he says he wants to no longer ask Anne to move in with him. Instead, he'd like to ask Anne to marry him. Oh man. Which is a big deal. That's a, and that's a that's a shift, you know. Very much. Both are, you know, in this world, there signs of commitment, and Mark is going even further into commitment. Um, and Leslie has some great suggestions for how he should propose. Uh, and at one point, she says, "Get five eagles, no, ten eagles," <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I don't know what the eagles would do, but like she wants to have this big thing because that's how. People, she's Anne's gonna have to tell this story for the rest of her life, and so it's very important that it is a big production. And I love how he's like, uh, I can, I can handle out how to ask her, and he's, handle how to ask her, and she's like, Yeah, you're right. Get as many eagles as you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, so been, she, it's been decided. Yeah, I mean, eagles have to be there, right? So it's I up mean, to you. Everybody knows it's a done deal. How many so, eagles were at your proposal? Uh, well, any Eagles that I controlled zero, but I mean, it is the Pacific Northwest, so there could have been Eagles anywhere. I can't control Eagles. It's against the law. Mm -hmm. I did see a red tailed hawk yesterday. It was awesome. That's the end of that anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't understand birds (laughs) in so many ways. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's do do this. Here's our deep dive for the uh, podcast. Birds. I look outside and I'm looking outside right now. Okay. There's birds everywhere. And most of the time where they live, most of them, I would hope most of the time they seem fine with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's like robins and blue jays and little like swallows or something. The smaller ones. I think they call them swallow because that's how quickly you can eat them. Um, They're all over the place. Just doing bird stuff. But then a hawk or an eagle comes through and then everybody is just like dive bombing the hawk and the eagle. And I understand they're birds of prey. They eat other birds. But like sometimes they're just passing through. Like, why can't you just let the hawk just be the hawk? And maybe if you let him just fly through, he'd stop trying to eat your eggs and he would just focus on the rabbits and stuff that he would rather have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they think that they're it's coming to take all their bird jobs or something. You think I so? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like calling out where they live and saying, "Hey, this is where my nest is," just just yeah, just let it go and let it let it eat all the 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 moles that make huge mounds of dirt in my yard. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let the hawk find a way to dig and quickly get a mole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
you know, you know what? if other birds would just leave them alone, they'd be able to do the research. <laughs> yeah. They're too busy getting dive bombed. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've always said. Why, why, why don't the, the hawks or the eagles just like annihilate the little birds that are kind of being pesky and, and flying around them? Like, that's what I don't get. Well, I really think the hawks and the eagles are just like, I don't care about you. Right. Leave me alone. And so they're just flying around. It's like, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to where I know there's a dead animal. And I just want to eat that dead animal. Mm-hmm. We just leave me be. You go eat your worms and your, your berries and whatever you eat. I'm going to go get, I'm going to go find, I've been playing a lot of wingspan. I'm going to go find <laughs> that, uh, that carrion and I'm going to eat it. But. And there go some birds right now. You know, as I'm saying this, those jerks. So, um, where were we? Uh, eagles. <laughs> 10 eagles. <laughs> yeah. Which that's a lot of eagles. Um, yeah. So Mark is going to propose like that's the major step that we have here. And so then cuts to Leslie giving Tom a job and she needs him because he is King swag. Like he is the, a celebrity liaison for the, the, Punny cares telethon, and he's going to pick up small forward Detlef Shrimp. Detlef Shrimp. Which is a great deal for people of Indiana because he played for the Pacers. But even before that, it's a great deal for the people of Seattle because he played for our very own Seattle Supersonics. And, and he was awesome. And it's a great deal for the people of Lewis County because he played for Centralia High School. Did he really? He did. He was an exchange student. Yeah, I had for- no idea. Yeah. So did he go from Lewis County High School to a U.S. college? Um, yeah, he went to University of Washington. No way. Yep. Yeah. That's he was so a, interesting. He was a Husky. He was a Centralia Bearcat and then uh, Washington Husky. And then uh, the the Mavericks had had drafted him, so he was sixth man of the year for a while. He made some NBA All Stars, and yeah, he he played a lot of his career in Seattle. Very beloved person here in the Northwest. Yes, yeah, and um, I do love how Tom's interactions with that left shrimp, as because he is supposed to pick him up from the airport and take him to the telethon. Instead, he takes him to Snake Hole Lounge. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, which is a great plan. And he realizes that for the first time in Tom's life, he realizes that like athletes are popular. Right. Who do like, where, where have you been? And uh, and so like this, you can't extract him from Snake Hole Lounge, which creates some problems later. But it also shows us Tom is learning something important for his future. That Detlef Shrimp is going to be a key part of his business plans moving business forward. Model, right. Yeah, so well, also the the snake hole lounge owner is kind of a creep. I mean, we, we yeah. kind of knew that. Like we thought about it the way they dress him up and stuff, but he says, uh, he's staying. Like he basically tells Tom, I'm keeping Detlef Shrimp here. Which at the same right. time, you got a six ten, you know, small forward in the like nobody keeps Detlef Shrimp anywhere, I don't think. So that that part was yeah. kind of bugged me. It's like ah, I'm out of here. Goes where he wants. I th- I would think, but he but so, at the same time he's a really nice guy. So he's like, well, I guess this is where I am. Like yeah, yeah. I feel like I wonder where Detlef lives now because I feel like he should just still live here. I, in the Seattle area. I have no idea. Maybe he went back uh, to Germany. I don't know. 
Well, why would you ever? Um, but I think he, like he would be if he was here and doing like ads for like local furniture stores, like, he would be making a killing. Like people like those stores. <laughs> Do you need like, a big chair? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you feeling boxed in? Do you need to throw some elbows? Come down here on our Black Friday sale at Dania Furniture and uh, and really show people what's up. Going out of business. Underhills? For the for the 10th year in a row. Yeah, this this Underhills, we're real close to closing down forever. Fire sale. Uh, but no, anyway, I just think he has this great way about him. I would love for him to do more television in our region. I think he lives. I think he lives somewhere in the Seattle area based on this uh, Wikipedia page that I just opened up. (laughs) Uh, Like you and Tom. Oh, yeah. That's how Tom also learned about Della Trump. (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) Yeah, that was very funny. Anyway, let's just keep going. Keep going. All right. So uh, Leslie's been up for 24 hours already, and she's going to be up for another 24 hours. And she has a secret weapon. Uh, she's going to eat Nutrium bars. Perfect. And Anne is very concerned about him, about her. And uh, Leslie says, you know, you'll sleep when you're dead. That's what my Nana always says. And then she gives a bunch of Nana sayings. Uh, my favorite is, don't put me in a home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the devil knows where you're sleeping. The devil was watching you. She had a lot of the stuff to say about the devil. So <laughs> Nana sayings were great. Um did you catch any of those, any of your favorite Nana oh, no. don't, don't put me in a home was good because they were just part of like these little, you know, these little colloquialisms plus don't put me in a home. So perfect. Right. Perfect. Like joke. She, she said it enough that it was like, this is one of her sayings. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not something that people pray for. Like, Hey, I'd rather just be home and comfortable with my family. But no, she'd always just say, don't put me in a home. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Tom goes and gets Detlef and uh, he's got him gonna go take him out and have a good time uh and one of my favorite interactions in that is tom is driving and detlef's in the back seat uh which you know there's no reason for that tom's car is not that big uh or fancy like you, you let him sit in the front seat <laughs> but a great he's, trying to pre- he's trying to pretend like he's a limo right like, but it right. sets up the best joke yeah like do you have enough room back there? It's like yeah you don't have to sit so far forward <laughs> yes i do <laughs> 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 that was one of my favorite jokes yeah. I, that's one where i pause like yes i do <laughs> well i love it even and, when the actors like just acknowledge like you know it's like yeah I'm, I'm fine to make fun of myself i know i know i'm short it's fine right and you and i are both tall people yeah and i've sat in the back seat of many cars <laughs> And there are many times where I'm like, can you scoot up just a little bit? And that would be awesome. I'd, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm birthing you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so when people like are way up in their seat and like I say, like, you can back up. Like, I'm trying to be nice. Right. Like, I, it's like, I have plenty of room back here. You can back up. And when they do say I've been in that situation where like, no, I need to sit this close. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're a very short person. Um, well, yeah. I, still, I don't want them so crammed up against, you know, this, the, the steering wheel and the dashboard and everything that they can't drive. I would rather be a little uncomfortable than unsafe. Right. So. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like as, a, as tall people of America, like we have learned that the world is not made for us. We are not average. And so while we are uncomfortable, we have also learned how to fold ourselves mm-hmm. to fit into airplanes. 
you know, those kinds of situations where like, we don't have debt left money. We're not flying first class. No. And so like we, you know, we just kind of get used to it. You learn um, to live with the blood loss in the lower half of your body, you know? Right. Yeah. And you realize like this, this is all part of the trade-off of being able to reach things your kids can't. Exactly. Like, and I help- can put my candy wherever I want because you're never going to get there. That's right. Except my, help old my ladies at the real tall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Old ladies, they could always use some help. I'm here for them. I'm here. I can reach that for you. I can hold this freezer door open while you look at all the ice cream. Well, and the best part is that they don't even, they don't really ask. They just kind of tell you. Like they walk up to you and say, hand me that can up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> o- okay. Well, that's all the old ladies I've ever dealt with. <laughs> I don't have like candy. It's like, no, can you give me that, that, uh, those, those beans up there. That's the last one of the on sale ones. <laughs> okay. But, what, what if yeah. I say no? Like I, I've always, I, sh- I should just try that once. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> don't say no. Thank you. Just look at her. Go. Nah. Nah, I don't want to. <laughs> or, or turnabout is fair play. Like, give me the one thing from the way down there. How does that feel? <laughs> How about I just lift you up and you grab it? <laughs> you want to see the world from my view? <laughs> I'm going to put you in a backpack so you can understand like how I feel every time somebody tells me to reach something for them. That's right. How do you it's like demoralizing it? grandma? <clears throat> yeah, we showed those hypothetical old ladies. <laughs> I, I already uh, feel better. <laughs> Ready to hit QFC with vigor. Yeah, just going around like you own the place, but be sure to only go down the one aisle and then the other one. Like, don't go down any aisle willy nilly. You're not a monster. No. Not in Follow these the arrows. That's right. In these times of COVID, just in case, you know, 20 years from now, people listen to this and go, what are you talking about? Jeremy, you're making a lot of assumptions that this world will exist in 20 years. <laughs> you know, some some people call me an optimist. Those people would be wrong, but they do it anyway. <laughs> That's because they're optimists. They're projecting. <laughs> and I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So they get to the telethon and, uh, Donna oh, is, is sitting there and, um, she, Leslie's like giving everybody like the talk, like just, you're here to tell people how much money they want to give basically, or find out how much they want to give, not tell them. Um, and Donna asks, do these call out? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right away. Donna starts dialing the phone. And so, um, uh, and then Joan, t- uh, Calamezzo comes and she is like, you know, I see you're in front of the camera this year. Telehosting is not as easy as you think. Uh, and it cuts to her and Martin Housley, who is the guy who does a lot of these kinds of engagements at uh, in Pawnee. He did the MC for the uh, Miss Pawnee competition. And he immediately gives a Nixon impression uh, when Joan Calamezzo says, I'm Joan Calamezzo. And Martin Housley says, and I am not a crook. And out Joan of context, is, Nixon, you know, like, yeah. what? <laughs> Joan is immediately put off. You can see in her face. She's like, right. oh. and, uh, and then they, um, Joan tells the people like what's going on. And she says, we're hoping that you dig your big chubby hands into your plus size <laughs> pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so many good jokes. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and then it was like, we're going to watch this video called even my tongue is fat. And, <laughs> and Martin 
it's like does a Johnny Carson impression. That's weird, wild stuff. And and Joan just is like, please stop. stop it. <laughs> she tells she's like like she's like stop it, like stop it, like yes. a dog, like doing something wrong. <laughs> like everybody knows Martin Housley. Like this is what he does. And Joan is like, this is this is my house now. And uh, yeah, so there's a little territorialness I think with that. But oh man, so so. Just great setup because, you know, growing up without cable in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we had only the shows that were on, you know, like on on the few networks, yeah, like local shows. And we had these kinds of telethons. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And they were awful. So bad. Oh, yeah. We talked about dialing for dollars, you know, the afternoon, you know, people. Yeah, Yeah, they were not not great. Art Peterson. I mean, he nice guy, but very low quality uh, presentations. No. Yeah. And so like, there's no reason why anybody would want to watch this for 24 hours. <laughs> right. I love, oh, yeah. I love how, how Joan says to, to, um, Leslie, this isn't C-SPAN. This is local <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And so it's yeah. like, it's like even C-SPAN, she thinks is below her. Which right. Really funny. <laughs> which could be the case. Like, could, I mean, could be. she, she does find a way to make some very compelling television <laughs> on her show. So, um, well, yeah. Cause then, so then, um, the Housley introduces Denise Yermley. Yes. Yermley. And she yes. starts singing, singing the, the most bookable. Yes. <laughs> uh, entertainment Pony, and funny. The most bookable. most bookable personality. <laughs> yeah. Which is just such a great, like, underhanded slam. Like, yes. she's always available. Why? <laughs> well, let's listen to her sing. Sweet dreams are made of these. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so good. It's like, that's a Eurythmic song. And when I hear that song, I am like, yes, I really like this song. And it's maybe the only Eurythmic song I know. And... <laughs> Uh, and then, um, she's singing it. I'm like, I do not like this song, <laughs> but, but the thing for me, it's, it's, it's almost switched around because yeah, it's the rhythmics. But as soon as she started singing it, I laughed because I kind of associated that song with the Marilyn Manson version only okay. because it became so big. And so then just seeing her and then Marilyn Manson's face at the same time, I don't know the disconnect there is just, I don't know. It's too much. So yeah. Oh, uh, that, that like minute and a half of television maybe one of the all-time greatest segments of tv ever well and it's great too because it's all these this is uh, i keep coming back to it it's all these sub characters just living their lives like this is how nuts Pawnee is it just shows yeah. it like 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 Joan is aware of the obesity, <laughs> the chubby fingers, uh, you know, the the terrible impressions by Housley, um, Denise Yermley. I mean, it's all secondary characters. It's so fantastic. And this this episode has so many of the secondary characters yes. on display for us. Yeah. You know, and so it's just like this is if they did not have to do the setup that they needed for the season finale. Like doing right. a Pawnee telethon would have been a great season finale. Yeah. And, like, and I if, almost wish they had done a telethon almost every year or some variation of it just because of the characters they can kind of bring out. And right. yeah, just that would great, be great. Great vehicle. Anyway, if only we could go back in time. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh Leslie starts to starts to get really, really tired. Is. She's starting to lose it. And she starts eating the Nutrion bars mm-hmm. and she starts losing her mind. Like going crazy. Uh and she's like, I don't know what's in this. And Anne's response is sugar. 
sugar is in this. It's just a block They're of just sugar. Blocks of sugar. And uh, Anne wants to talk to Leslie about Mark. Um, but as they're about to have that conversation, Tom calls because um, he took Detlef to the Snickle Lounge and the owner won't let Tom leave, as we said. Uh, so then Leslie starts to scramble and improvise. And so she starts moving the schedule around. So she moves Mouse Rat up. Um, and uh, so they're going to go on um, earlier. And he's like, yeah, headlining at 2 a.m. Good job. Um, oh, that was and, April. Because uh, April's still, still kind of like on a little bit sore at Andy, I feel. Like she was very sarcastic and I'm like, yeah, great job. 2 a.m. Where usually she's kind of supportive. So she's back, mm-hmm. but she's still a little, you know, a little cranky at Andy, I feel. Yeah, I think with good cause. Yeah, because she's putting herself out there like, hey, Andy, I'm into you. And Andy's like, I'm trying to figure out my life. So, um, yeah, so they're going to go and play. Um, and their opening song is called Sex Hair, and it's playing in the background for so much of the, this telethon, and, and they're actually losing money at this <laughs> point. Um, and uh, then Leslie it gets on camera, and she says, there's two types of diabetes and one type of caring. Type one caring. Tonight, <laughs> we will all be struck in with that. Yeah. <laughs> type one caring. <laughs> and then more Tom hanging out with Detlef. Uh, and then Ron... Uh, is sleeping because he needs to get a good solid five hours. Otherwise, it affects his sunny disposition. Um, and while he's sleeping, he is fighting. And we find out that he suffers from an affliction called sleep fighting. And it's, <laughs> and she said, oh, that sounds terrible. And he tells tells Leslie, only when I'm losing. <laughs> so, uh, and this is where we find out that Ron is only doing this because he owes Leslie big time. Um, and And he's kind of opposed to charity in any, in any way. He's like, teach a man to fish. Um, he f- eats for a day. Don't teach a man to fish because fishing's not that hard. And he's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Feed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then, uh, Leslie goes to the troops and is like, I need help. I need programming. And Jerry's like, I have magic. And he makes an egg appear from her mouth. And she, Leslie's like grossed out. She grabs it and throws it on the ground. It's like fake. It's a real egg. And she's like, Oh, go, go do that. And he's like, well, you just broke my egg. <laughs> Why don't you have a, have a second egg? <laughs> yes. Uh, which it's always the real, question, the real question is why does Jerry have this egg? <laughs> <laughs> what is that about? Uh, so then Ron's like, I got this figured out and he shows how to recane a chair. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and this is where well, they Jerry, are. Jerry, Jerry asks, like, he's like, I can play piano. And she's like, why are you wasting me? Why are you wasting time with this stuff? Which right. it just comes in later. And I, and, and I was watching this with Terry and she said, she asked, she's like, what would happen if they just let Jerry do his ideas? Like they they give him such a bad time. Like the, the pointillism mural picture in city hall, um, in that episode. And then now with either magic or the piano, which he does end up playing the piano, but he has these good ideas and he just kind of wonder how much better would the show be if, you know, or, or how, how much better would the things turn out if Jerry could kind of just do the things that he comes up with? Because he's one of the more he's one of the smarter guys in the in the office sometimes. As long as you don't ask him to yeah. bend over or do a presentation. Right. Because it's twelfth season. Um, yeah, I think if if Jerry was allowed to do his ideas, Pawnee would be a better city. Yeah, <laughs> but it would not be a better show. No, hopefully he gets <laughs> he gets in a position to actually do the things he wants to do in Pawnee. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, so yeah, so Ron is recaining the chairs. Like when you <laughs> yeah. are recaining the chair, you want to make sure you have all your stuff uh, ready to go. So first you go over, <laughs> under, and then yeah, that's right, over again. <laughs> so you guessed it. Uh, <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> um, and so uh, while Ron's doing that, April's on the phone and she uh, is trying to make Andy jealous mm-hmm. by because Andy's hanging out by the phone bank and. Uh, she starts like flirting with whoever she's on the phone. Like, you're so funny. Oh, that's so great. You should come down here. You're so funny. And then it seems like uh, whatever the dude is saying starts creeping her out because she's like, oh, yeah, well, OK, bye. You're funny and hangs up. Um, so her tr- attempt to make Andy jealous failed, but it did, uh, aff- you know, have an effect of making her creeped out. And uh, we'll see that the guy actually does come down to the TV station. Right. Um, and then it cuts to the, the telethon again. And Barney Varman, uh, who is one of the um, instructors that we met for the dinner party for tax or personal finance software. Uh, his joke at that point was uh, when it comes to accounting software, there's no accounting for taste. And Andy loved that joke at the party. Yeah. Um, and then time- he, he will... Oh, this yeah, was, well, this time was the only thing um, that's taxing, right? Isn't that, mm-hmm. what, was that the one that he, that he said? Yes. Yeah. 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 The only thing when it comes to accounting software, the only thing that's tax or tax software, the only thing that's taxing is choosing the right <laughs> software. Um, and then he has another joke later uh, where he said, he says, that concludes a quick look at QuickBook. Bro, <laughs> and, and Andy loved that joke, and it even says it. Quick books. <laughs> I think he even said, "I get it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so things are not going great at the telephone, and so this is where uh, Leslie says Mark should propose on the telephone because people love beautiful people making out. Um, and so she's got a whole plan going, and Mark's like, "I don't know." Should I? Um, and but he does. <laughs> but first, uh, try. But, but first, they have to cut to an educational uh, video called "One Butt, Two Seats: The Widening of America." <laughs> yes. Oh man, so good, <laughs> so good. Oh, so many great shows uh, and vi- like videos, educational about the diabetes problem. And thankfully, they did diabetes. Uh, and then Anne. Uh, so Leslie's putting this plan in motion for Mark to propose, but then Anne comes to Leslie and says, you know, I don't think I should marry Mark. I don't think he's the one. So she thinks she needs to break up with him, which puts Leslie in a difficult situation um, because she's kind of stuck. So she's trying to call Mark and say, Hey, everything I said, don't do that. Um, so that's happening and spinning out of control for Leslie because she doesn't sleep. Uh, and then sewage Joe shows up. Huh? At the uh, station, and he was the guy who April was talking to on the phone. And he's like, "Hey, I got my van out back. Let's go." And then Andy intervenes. He's like, "And uh, I love Sewage Joe's remark and Andy's response because Andy is just looking at Sewage Joe, and Joe looks at April like, "Is this guy bothering you?" And Andy <laughs> says, "No, I'm bothering you." Which I was like, "Yeah, Andy nailed it." <laughs> and then he said, "From bothering her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this guy bothering you? No, I'm bothering you from bothering her. I was like, I had to stop. I was like, wait, does that make? Yeah, okay, that does make sense. Yeah, it totally works. <clears throat> yeah. So, and he like pushes, basically escorts Suji Joe out of the building, <laughs> and April is smiling at this. 
So my- <laughs> I love that sewage Joe's is like, whatever, man, I work at sewage. I'm surrounded by hot chicks. It's like, what? <laughs> Cause we, well, saw we know early. this. We know, yeah. I know. I know. And so it's just like, I love that They just keep making it like, that doesn't, that's not a thing. That's not, it's not real, but in Pawnee it is. So, you know, more power to you. We're going to learn so much about sewage Joe <laughs> over the coming years that, um, that we never wanted to learn. And, sure. uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so it's show's not going well. Still no deadlift shrimp. So Leslie is flipping a coin on television, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on, um, and also has the idea of talking about Friends episodes, which are her favorite. And I love it, the one where she pauses and is like, "Is Phoebe there?" And waits many seconds. It's like, "Yes, yes, Phoebe is there." <laughs> so. my, my favorite part is the box. It's like, "Oh yeah, oh, oh okay, okay," but also there's a box because she tells stories like I do. It's like you don't right. have all the you don't have all the information, and then three quarters of the way through, it's like, "Oh, that's right. Hold on." Back at the beginning, there's this goat, right? Okay, this is hilarious, right? Yeah, yeah, and then it just kind of fizzles out. So just good, like uh, that story. <laughs> <laughs> there's no punchline. That the story of this anecdote is it's over. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, her next idea is drinking eight glasses of milk in three minutes and Anne intervenes and says, don't do that. You'll die. Uh, so the show's not going well. Uh, and Leslie is out of ideas. And so she finally lets Jerry play his piano and it's beautiful. He's a really mm-hmm. good piano player. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the song is over, Leslie gets up like, that's enough of that racket. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the best thing on the entire yes. night. right? Yes. That's enough of that racket. Um, and so Leslie uh, is, talking and still waiting for Detlef to show up and uh, Mark shows up at the same time and she's kind of stuck because he's like, I'm ready to do the proposal now. And he's like, and I was like, no, no, don't do it. Let's all pull our pants down for <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> and the show cuts away to technical difficulties, um, which with, I love with, the, with the raccoon as yes. the, as the character. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so they, <laughs> kind of hook away and uh um joan and when it comes back joan <laughs> comes on i was like you just love flashing <laughs> and her response is, it's for a good cause <laughs> yeah, but it's for a good cause yeah because she had to prove that she didn't have the birthmark in the right yeah, yeah. so yeah so good um and then this is when detlef finally shows up and he gives five thousand dollars for a diabetes research um, and it pushes them over to $22,000 for the goal. Leslie's goal was to get to $20,000 by the end of their shift. And so she exceeded her goal at the last possible minute. Um, and uh, at 604, at 6.04, Purd is taking over. And he's doing the worm as his opening mark or showcase for his segment. And Ron is back in the dressing room and wakes up. Uh, and he just he sees Purd doing the the worms like what the bleep are you up to Purd? <laughs> <laughs> so I just love how like they so many people just this is where we live right and you know and that was one of those perfect little moments like yeah this is where we live what's Purd doing oh who knows <laughs> it's on <laughs> it's on TV uh, so uh, so Leslie has you know. Made it so Mark was not going to propose on television. So that's good. And then uh, she goes to Anne's house after their shift to talk. Um, and she's like, I'm really tired. I may have parked on your front lawn. And she did. And so they go inside. And then the cold op- uh, the credit scene is Anne saying, yeah, Leslie's a great friend. She came over and we talked. Uh, and then she fell asleep. 
on my couch. She's been asleep for 22 hours. Um, so, which is great. And Anne is doing all the normal stuff people do in their house, vacuuming, dropping dishes, uh, all kinds of things that Leslie just sleeps all the way through. So anything else from this episode that we need to cover? I mean, we talked about a lot of it. No, we did. I think we talked. Yeah. I think, yeah, just the, the very end where, um, Anne just says, I love her so much, but I think I'm going to draw a mustache on her. Yeah. That's, that's a good friend right there. Last joke. Last joke. Yeah. Um, no, I think we, uh, a little bit of trivia was that uh, during the telephone, uh, telethon, Donna calls her brother, George, who's visiting their uncle in Liberia. And he wants to, he wants to know what happened on Lost. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not allowed to receive calls. She's like, oh, don't worry. I called out, which I thought was really funny. Right. But it turns yeah. out that uh, Retta is the the niece. Retta, who plays Donna, is the niece of um, Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. Uh, who is also first elected female head of state in Africa and present during the episode's original airing. Which Wait, actually in real life, Retta is related to the president of Liberia. Yeah, according to this trivia on IMDB that I'm reading. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So it was that nice is- that they kind of worked that in there. That's so now awesome. I have to know if she's really related to uh Genuine. You know, I don't oh, know. Oh my word, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah. Um there's another little bit here, not as interesting, so I should have led with this because it has to do with khaki pants. Um, when Mark asks the cameraman what he should do, whether he should ask uh, Anne to marry him or not, it's one of the very few instances where um, a character actually acknowledges the camera crew, not not breaking the fourth wall and looking at the at the at at the audience, but actually addressing the camera crew, which um, yeah, they do way later in the office, um, a lot later right. in the office, but um that's yeah. funny that's about it um yeah i uh was watching a movie with our kids uh this weekend the family stone it's a christmas movie yeah and uh mark is in it oh interesting and have you seen that movie i i haven't oh it's not the best movie in the world mm-hmm. um but it's not terrible it's like a good christmas movie it follows all the tropes it does the whole thing good um uh but uh it was uh, as soon as Mark showed up, I was like, oh, khaki pants. Does he and play? Kid, he plays like an EMT. Um, and he's a part of the show. Like he's a part of the movie. Like he becomes a major part of this thing later on. Like not a major, but it's significant anyway. But, but is he like um, Mark from like, does he play like the same kind of guy? Or is he different? Like, I, well, does, he, does he have range? This is the this is the only other thing I've seen. Uh, him playing and I would say he seems the same okay so right. no I don't think he has range other than this is in a different town than Pawnee <laughs> that's a range geographically different um, <laughs> right yeah so <laughs> that counts I guess <laughs> it was snowy yeah um, I think they're up in Maine or something so yeah but it was just one of those things where I was just like oh khaki pants and the kids were like what like oh this is Mark from uh from parks and rec and they're like why'd you call him khaki pants like because he's boring <laughs> like khaki pants don't like, you listen oh, yeah. to the podcast <laughs> turns out my kids don't listen to this podcast unless oh. i'm playing for it for, in the car for them <laughs> as punishment you're gonna listen to this and you're gonna like it <laughs> so uh we're not the, hip, uh, hip with the cool kids i guess no no we're not which is fine 
Oh, at the bottom of the, of the trivia, the spoilers part, um, Leslie asks April how she and Andy are doing. And April tells her, oh, that they're doing great and they're going to get married and have babies. And they eventually do. So spoilers there. But spoilers! Re- that is what the very end of our recording. It's a rewatch. It's a rewatch. Yeah. So, for us. Well, for us. All right. So next episode is real good. I'm going to click next on this. Um, and it is called The Master Plan. And this is a big deal because it's a big deal. This is getting close to the season finale. Um, now, I feel like these two episodes were recorded. Um, were aired as one episode. Am I making things up in my brain? I don't know. I don't remember. I okay. don't remember how it was aired. So it was, I'll, I'll have to do some research, which I won't, but, um, mm-hmm. the, yeah. So we're going to get some introductions to some very important characters for the rest of the series. And it's going to be great. Khaki pants is almost on his way out. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm really looking forward to the future of Pawnee under the leadership of Chris Traeger. Nice. So, yep. Yeah, the the show definitely takes a it, it's going to get a lot I don't want to say funnier, but it, it smooths out a little bit I feel. Like the character development and just mm-hmm. where uh, yeah, a lot of the jokes, the in jokes, it really really starts to take off in the next. And they actually do. It takes a little bit to get Ben and Chris kind of integrated into the like figuring out what their characters are going to be and how they could contribute, but it it works out. I like it. And I like that they set it up at the be- at the end of this season versus the beginning of season three, because then, you know, it kind of lets season two end on a, on a cliffhanger, which is fun. Right. Yeah. And the return to season three is so great. It's so great. There's jokes that are set up in this episode or in this in season two that get paid off in the premiere of season uh, season three. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're also going to have another visit from John Ralphio in this next episode. So, so many good things. So, so good. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, we should be done because it's, uh, one of our many Saturdays this week and, uh, there's, it's not raining right now. So we can go and harass some birds mm-hmm. and say, how do you like it? So just go outside and start squawking. I know well, that's usually what I do, but that's just part of my practice. So, well, you do you and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not do that but All right. uh, but we can talk next week and i'll we'll see how it went i'll be here because i can't go anywhere <laughs> sounds good all right man i'll talk all to right. you later okay bye